so it is October. I know, shocking. Pastor Aaron is right. It's shocking. Thanksgiving is next weekend. Next weekend, if, in case I forget to tell you later, uh, Pastor Dell is going to be talking to us about in our, in our second message in this series about our call to worship. I know you're going to want to be here for that, and uh, hopefully you have something delicious planned for next weekend. Uh, but this week, we are starting this new series that I'm calling Green Lights. Uh, green Lights. And this, will, this reference will not hit everybody, but my kids, uh, I don't know if they still do, I should have asked them, but they used to, or they still do, listen to a hip-hop artist named N.F., and um, he has a song called Green Lights, and so every time I look at the title of this series, I am singing uh, the, the song from his rap show that I, we went to. So <laughs> my kids love when I say that. Hey, guys, we took them to an NF show, and we're like, guys, let's go to a rap show. They're like, please stop. Please stop. You're so old. Ah, whatever. So all I see is green lights. If you're an NF fan, uh, that's all I hear when I see this. But green lights, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why I'm calling it that um, and what we're going to do in this series in just a moment. But I'll just, I'll tell you sort of where my, my head is at, uh, where this graphic is at, and all of these things so that we kind of know where we're going this month. I get my hair done by my cousin Amber. She lives and works close to downtown Hamilton. So if you know the geography, there's a couple ways to get there from here, but I typically will, uh, Google will take me down the 6 to the 403 and then basically down Main Street in Hamilton. And if you know Main Street in Hamilton... <laughs> You have to go from where I get off the, the 403 to where I go to her hair salon. There are 8,426 traffic lights in between <laughs> to get there. If you've been there, you know you know what I mean. Uh, the, the first time I, I did this, I, I'd never gone to this particular location. So I, I got onto Maine and I saw on, on, on Google how many traffic, like how far I had to go, like however many kilometers from where I was and it was all on Maine. It was like so many kilometers traveling and I looked up and it was all traffic lights. Like it was just all traffic lights at every single corner. And I was not, I was not impressed. I, I was not, I was like, I am never, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to get there. And then something amazing happened. Mm. Just, mm, okay. You already know what I'm going to say. Almost every single light was green all the way to my turnoff. Almost every single one. Some people who live in Hamilton have lived in Hamilton already know why this was. But for me, I didn't understand it, and it was magical. Everything about it. And it turns out, I told my cousin Amber this, and she's like, yeah, like on Main Street, if you drive the speed limit, the lights are timed to keep you moving, even in moderate traffic. Oh, Hamilton, let's go. Let's go, Hamilton. Call the city of Kitchener, and let's have a chit-chat, Okay. Did you know this? This is a thing? I have heard of this. I don't know if I'd ever experienced it before as a driver. I confess, though, I, am, I have confessed this to you before. I am quite competitive as a human. And so it wasn't that the, the trip just became less stressful and, and less time-consuming. It was like winning. Like, that's how I, my brain interpreted that whole situation. I showed up at that appointment with a little bit of like a, hey, I just made it here with green lights. Like I felt, I don't know, there was some, I know that's probably, I need to like, the Lord needs to redeem that in me or something, but. And I will say admittedly, the opposite is also true. Even when I'm not like on a time crunch and I'm trying to get somewhere, if, if I hit every red light on my drive, it is super frustrating. I don't care how redeemed you are, how much work the Holy Spirit has done in your life, it is frustrating every time. 
Because you're just thinking, why, 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 what did I do? Why did I just do to deserve this? I know, it goes to a dark place. And this is literally what I was thinking about when I named this October series. Green lights are a signal to go. You understand. I'm glad because probably most of you have your licenses. Uh, green lights are a signal to go. And in this in this, in this instance, how I'm using it, they are the yeses in our lives. They are always the things that are a yes for you. I want to spend some time affirming these yeses in your life, help you discern what it might look like for you to say yes to the path that is opened to you, but maybe you're not even sure if you should take it. So we're going to talk specifically in that, under that banner, we're going to talk about calling and the various dimensions of the word call or to be called? Who is called? What does it mean to be called? What are we called to? And I hope these messages really encourage you. I hope they catalyze you in a new way. I hope they even challenge you in some ways because I believe that your calling or maybe another way to say the same thing is the will of God for your life does not have to be a mystery that you kind of grope around in the dark to figure out. And so like last month, uh, we're going to start off with things that affect everyone, and we're going to do that for a couple weeks in a row. And then at the end of this series, at the end of October, we are going to talk about something a little bit more specific, and I'm going to talk to you about what it means to be called to vocational ministry. But here we are. We're going to start in Romans 8. Uh, so let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Romans 8. You can be, of course, in the Version app under More and then Events. These are already loaded for you there. Um, you can grab this digitally, it'll be on the screen, but of course there's, always, there's also Bibles in the seat in front of you. You could probably grab one of those. Really, really uh, famous passage of scripture. You don't have to have grown up going to Sunday school to probably have heard this. And it's so famous, this is one of those ones that you may even have on a plaque on your wall somewhere. We're going to read Romans 8, 28 to 30. Here's what it says. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Familiar passage of scripture to many, I'm sure. If not, welcome to Romans 8. I'm glad you're here. I know that we typically focus on the beginning of, of verse 28. That's the, the part that we typically quote. All, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. If you've, been a, uh, if you've been in a difficult circumstance in some way, shape, or form in your life, which I, maybe someone's quoted this at you. Sorry about that. Um, quoting scripture at people is usually not. Encouraging people with it is a good idea. We like, to, we like to focus on the beginning of verse 28, especially when the circumstances of our lives are tough because it's comforting. It's comforting to hear those words of scripture because they're true. But I want to take you to the back half of verse 28 and through to verse 30 more specifically for our purposes this morning. It says that we have been called according to his purpose. We've been 
called, and, and then the beginning of verse 28, the, 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 if you just flip it back on itself, it's saying basically that we've been called and so we can trust God with every circumstance. Because we know we've been called, we can trust that God is doing what he is going to do. And we can, we can trust in, in all of those things. You are called, I am called, we are called, that's what it says. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. When the, when the Bible speaks about God knowing someone, it means that he has a purpose, a plan, and a task for that person. One of my favorite instances of this is when, uh, when God says to Moses, I have called you by name, and, and you have found favor with me. Isn't that beautiful? I... Uh, I, I hesitate to do this, but it's one of my favorite things. If you've ever heard Fred Hammond's uh, Purpose by Design chapter, uh, live, live chapter two, he says there's, a, there's a, a woman preacher that stands up in that and she quotes this and she says, I've called you by name and I know who you are, Sally. I know who you are, Rachel. I know who you are, Moses, and you have found favor in my sight. Somebody say favor. It's like my favorite thing. Every time it's like rewind, yeah, favor, or whatever. That's just me. But if you want to listen to it, I could, maybe I'll drop it on my, on my socials today. I know I have called you by name, and I know who you are. I know who you are. You have found favor with me. When God knows someone, it means he has a purpose, a plan, and a task for that person. And so scripture says, God foreknew you. God knows you, and he preordains you to be transformed to be like Jesus. He saw you. He knew you before you were born. He knows you right now because creators are like that. They know their creation. Sometimes we get caught up in the word predestined. Uh, it's been a, a, a word with much debate in Christendom. Some believe that that word predestined has a, a sense of, of like fatalism to it, that fatalism rules the day, that whatever will be, will be. It's all predetermined. God has chosen his kids, and if that's not you, that's too bad. If you serve Jesus, you are already on the list, good for you. If you don't, you won't. And I just want you to understand that's not what this is saying. Uh, that's not the point at all of what Paul is writing to the church in Rome here. It's that God knew you before you were born, and he already determined that there would be a way for you to become like Jesus. That's what he's saying. And this is our first set of green lights right here. Every one of us is called to salvation. Each and every person is created to know God and to have a relationship with him. That's how he established it in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And then sin came, their choice, sin came and broke that intimate connection with God. But God continued all through scripture, you can read how God continued to make a way. You see how he did it with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses and the giving of the law to the Israelites so that they could be near to him. And then, of course, finally, Jesus. And there's Jesus in this scripture in Romans, the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In other words, the one who lived perfectly and died as a sacrifice for our sins and rose from the dead, made a way for us to receive forgiveness and belong to the forever family of God. He was the first because he's the one who made that way open. And now the invitation is open to all of us 
to be brothers and sisters in him and through him. Romans says, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Wait one hot minute. That's what my notes say. Wait one hot minute. This series of events is nothing to skip past, friends. It says it like this, if you, that you are known and seen even before you were born, you were known and seen. And that you were called to be redeemed and made into the image of Christ. And you were justified or made right by your faith in what Jesus did. In Jesus' work on the cross. And by making him the Lord of your life, you've been made right. And then you were glorified, which means you were given the presence and power of God in this life and the promise of the perfect union with him for all eternity. All of that packed into that little sentence. That's why we just wait one minute. It's okay. It's okay if it's just sinking in right now. I've had a lot of time with this scripture. I just was reading that thinking, how is so much packed into here for us? Friends, that is a lot of green lights for us right there. A lot of green lights. That is pass, go, and collect $200 for you right there. Does no one play Monopoly anymore? Nobody? Yeah, okay. I wrote that and I thought, does, any, does Monopoly exist? Like old school Monopoly? In 200, too many forms, too many forms. Um, all of this, all of these green lights is not for a select few people. It's for everyone. It's for all of us. It's for your neighbor. It's for your boss. It's for your babysitter. It's for your friend. It's for your cousin. It's for your spouse. It's for your aunt. It's for your plumber. It's for your doctor. It's for your stepdad. It's for your mailman or mail person. I don't know what we call the mail carriers. It's for your mail carrier. I think that's what we say now. We are all known by God and we are all called to salvation, every one of us. And if you think I'm making that up or you think I'm taking this just a little bit too far, I promise you I'm not. Check this out. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 3.23 and 24, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Acts 2.21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4, God our Savior wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The gospel does not discriminate. It is offered to everyone. Mark 16.15, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Colossians 1.23 the second half of verse 23, this is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. And while the gospel is for everyone, there is a choice to be made for sure. A decision by every person. It's not forced on you, but it is offered to you. A decision is needed. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. So here you see the internal and external responses, the inward conviction that believes in Christ finds outward expression in the declaring that Jesus is Lord and the walking that out in your life. And according to Colossians chapter 1, this is the greatest miracle that you could ever experience. 
It says the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, through whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Church, we just need to take a little breath there. Is it me? I'm doing all the talking. I need to take a little breath here. It's good. Calling in the Bible is centered on the idea of God's summoning voice. In the Old Testament Hebrew and in the New Testament Greek, we get these same, um, these same ideas coming through that word that's translated into English as called. Called means to give a name to something or to someone. It means to call someone to oneself. It means to send someone to do something very specific, especially a messenger. All of that is wrapped up into the word called or calling. He calls his people to be his own. Oh man, this is everywhere in scripture. Abraham, Israel, and now the church calling us to be his own. That call to salvation is your first green light. When everything around you is shaken, the go-ahead signal is literally always lit up for you to be in a relationship with God through Jesus. It doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. The ability to be in a right relationship with God because of Jesus is always open to you. Everything else can be secondary. This green light will always be green. Back in April, some of you know we got a dog. This is Judah. Help, help me. There's Judah. Hi, buddy. Oh, buddy. This is Judah. He's a red tick coonhound. Coonhound, hunting dog. He does no hunting whatsoever in his life and never will. Uh, he's 50, about 50 pounds. He's about a year and a half old, so he's full grown but acts like a dumb puppy a lot of the time. One of the reasons that I agreed to get a dog was because this is the truth, <laughs> because I needed a hobby. And you know, if you know me, I'm not, not going to be crocheting or like scrapbooking or doing any of those things. I like a challenge. So we got a dog, and when we got him, uh, we called him Judah. Uh, I named him. That was my choice because Judah means praise, and I like that. So uh, he's praise for new seasons and new things. That's, that's my Judah. We knew that coonhounds were hunting dogs who have to smell everything, everything, all the things, all the time. We learned that um, also they have notoriously bad recall, very, very bad. We've been told that by more than one person, and we've been told you will never get him to come when he's called, ever. Like, you'll never get to him to do it consistently because he's a coonhound. You just can't do it. Do you know what that sounds like to me? That's correct. A challenge. I'll show you recall. It might take me a decade to where he's like old and limping around, but he will come when he's called. We've had Judah, we've had, I don't know, I, I, I did set myself up probably for failure, but I am going to go after it with all of my heart. We've had Judah for six months. Oh, you should look at my YouTube history. Uh, just like, it's like, Recall, 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 recall video, recall video, recall video. We've had Judah for about six months, and you know what? I'll tell you something. He has terrible recall. 
He will come when he's called as long as there isn't something that's even remotely more interesting to him going around, on around him. If he thinks that I might have something for him or whatever, he might come. It's, it's pretty terrible. But I have not given up yet because when I think back over the last six months, the first thing he did was learn his name. His name was new when he came to our house. He was a, he was a stray in Kentucky. And he, he lives here with us now. It's so weird. I don't, we don't know why. We don't know why. They found him at a year old as a stray in Kentucky. And um, his, then the, the rescue organization named him Skyler. Like, Skyler? I was like, I don't even know what that is. So I was like, no, that's not going to work. So he, he has, the first thing that he did was he learned his name. He absolutely, every, he consistently looks to us when we call his name. Judah, he always looks. He may not come, but he will always look. He's learned the touch command pretty consistently because he, he will come if he thinks that there's a touch. So if I'll ask him, I'll say, Judah, touch. And if he touches my hand, he gets a treat. And so he consistently does that for me now because he knows that there's a reward for him somewhere in it. He's learning to look up and check in with me when we're on a walk or when we're at an off-leash park and he's doing his own thing. He will come back and check in. This, these are new behaviors over the last six months. And so the truth is, though, that even as his training improves, he will always have the choice, and I know this, he will always have the choice whether or not he's going to respond to that command. The idea is to teach him that good things happen and bad things like getting skunked or, you know, running out in traffic or whatever um, don't happen when he comes when I call him. That's what I'm trying to teach him, that this, this, is, this is the place that you want to be for, for very good reasons. The more he trusts me, the better his recall gets, even if it's extraordinarily painstakingly slow. I know you know where I'm going with this. Please don't be offended that I'm comparing you to a dog. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. In other words, although God calls everyone to the good news of Jesus. Only some will respond to the call. It's not, it's not that he has his chosen ones and everyone else can, is like, sorry about your luck. This just really just means that everyone is called, but only some are going to say yes to the call and respond and become his children. And they do become, and we do become his chosen children with that yes. The offer stands open, but the choice is always yours alone. He loves you enough to let you make that choice with your own free will. And listen, I, I know this is a risk to compare you and compare me to a dog in any way, shape, or form. Please forgive the analogy. I'm just going to ask for grace. But I can't tell you, I, I was thinking about this as a picture of, of, of calling, of, of answering when we're called, because I do this so many times a day with Judah. I do it so many times a day. I can't tell you how many times I've wished that Judah would just understand that I'm calling him and we need to have this rock-solid command because... I care about him and I have good things for him and it's a safe place to be and I will keep him from harm or from being skunked, which is, by the way, I've said now twice because it is my biggest fear with owning a dog. There are days that I think, if you get skunked today, I'm just going to sit in the corner and cry. Like, I don't even know. I don't even There's so many skunks in my neighborhood. I don't even know. Um, I want him to understand that I care about him. I want him to know that I named him and that I'm calling him by that name for a purpose. I wish I could just say those things to him and that he would be like, oh, cool, mom, I'll just come then. Like, it just doesn't work like that, I know, but I wish it would. And I just got thinking about it, like, if that's true of this unimportant, non-eternal relationship between me and Judah, how much more does the one who 
who, who knows you by name call you and have a barrage of blessings for you for coming to him? How much more is like the God of the universe who, who, who saw you before you were born, who knit you together in your mother's room? How much more is he, is he working all things for good, helping you in, be, to become like Jesus, making you right before God, justifying you, as it says in Scripture, and giving us his presence in his power, glorifying us, in other words? How much more does he have? If I can understand that in the microcosm of this relationship with me and my dog, I just think, wow, how much more do I need to understand the calling that is on my life? This is your first green light. This is a yes every time. You are called by God to be in a relationship with him through Jesus. You are called to come to him, to be made new, and to watch him work for good in your life. And so is everyone else around you. And so I wonder this morning, is today your day to respond to the one who has called you by name? Maybe you've never, you've, you didn't even know that light was green. Maybe you didn't even know this was available to you. Or maybe you've known and been resistant. But perhaps today is the day where you say, I hear that's, that the God of the universe, the creator, the one who made me, already knows me and is already calling me to all of these incredible things. Today is the day that through Jesus, I am going to trust him. I'm going to trust him with my life. I'm going to recognize what Jesus did for me in the forgiveness of sins. And I'm going to say yes. Yes to that green light. I'm going to hit the gas and go. I'm going to say yes. Is this the day that you want to make that decision? Because I know there are some in this room who haven't, who are teetering. Some of you off campus. I don't know where you are. Where are you? Where are they, G-Day? Where are they? Hi, everybody off campus. Oh, it says Tracy on this one. It says Tracy, yeah. Um, off campus. I know. I wish you could be here to see how, how weird I, I should have known that you guys were right there. Um, maybe off campus you're deciding today. You're watching for the first time and you're thinking, I do want to know who this Jesus is who gives this kind of love to me, this available to you right now. In fact, off campus, you can right now, you can just uh, reach out with one of those response buttons and Pastor Ethan would love to pray with you online. You can, we can connect with you offline as well and walk you through that. I know a lot of you in this room have just heard this message and said, yes, amen, amen. And I wonder today how many of us just needed our hearts to be reminded of the reason that you have chosen this life in Christ. You've been serving him for such a long time and you needed to come back. I, I was writing this thinking, isn't this sort of elementary? But I think we need to come back. It's the reason that we come to this table once a month. We come back to the beginning. We come back to the beginning and are reminded that we aren't just coming to church on Sunday mornings and doing all the things that look Christian to us, we respond every day to the call of God, to the call to salvation, to the call to be transformed, to the reminder that we are seen and we are known and we are called. So if that's you today, let your heart be reminded that there is a deep calling on your life from the creator of the universe. And he sees you and he knows you and he calls you by name and you have found favor with him. You're his chosen child. Let's go back to Romans 8 for just one second. 
Paul's writing this to the church in Rome. So grateful that he did. We get this, we get to read this all these years later and let it speak to us. He says all the things that we've just been kind of, we've been talking around, and those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. And then what does he say in response to this? Here's another famous passage. What then shall we say in response to all these things? <laughs> That's literally what he says next. It's just so big. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. No one, who then is he who condemns? No one, Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life and is the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a green light, friends, every day. Of your life. If everything, maybe more accurately, when everything else around you feels shaken, this is always a yes and amen for your life. You are called by God to know Him, to love Him, and to be loved by Him, to live with His presence and power in your life. And I just invite you, if it's not already there, to settle that in your spirit. If you've known that, then just thank him for it. We're gonna, I'm going to invite the team to come because we are going to go into a time of communion where we are going to celebrate together and remember together how this came to be for us, and it's through the sacrifice of Christ. And again, I want to invite you off campus or on campus, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, we have information on our website, um, freedomkw.com slash life, if you want to look at that on your own. But please, come and see one of us. We would love to talk to you about what it means to follow Jesus. Um, off campus, you can do that right now with Pastor Ethan, like I said, online. But if you're here in person and you're saying, I want this, I want this life. I want to say yes. I see the green light. And off I go. Like, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. I want to make a commitment. Please come and talk to me. I want to pray with you. I want to help you with next steps. And that would be my delight. So this morning, as we go to communion together, it is our great opportunity to be able to say to the Lord, we hear your call. We respond to your call. And we take a moment to pause and thank you for making a way for us for making a way for us. We're going to go in the scriptures together to 1 Corinthians 11 if you want to look that up, but I want to explain if you're new with us how we like to do communion here. We're going to, the, the, as the team is going to lead us in just a moment, we're going to invite everyone to come. When, when we're prepared and, and the front row is like, you have a lot of responsibility because you'll have to start uh, coming in, grabbing those emblems, taking them back to your seats, holding on to them, and then we will take the emblems together. And so I want to invite you to just pause and worship. Be grateful for this calling, this green light that is always available to you. 
And then we'll, we'll pause again over these emblems uh, with gratitude, coming back to the very reason that we get to do this together. Let's stand.